Hey, buddies, fellow Franco fans. It is I, your host, Jason Rudy from Desperate Visions Productions, a Sacramento, California-based filmmaking group that is founded and hounded by yours truly, Jason Rudy. Uh, This is actually kind of looking at the calendar, this being 2022, and I kind of started in around uh, this time frame of uh, 2007 on my own. I had done films before with another director, a filmmaker who's since passed away, Mr. Greg Stetchman, and uh, did about three or four films with him through Burning Grounds Entertainment. We did um, This Hollow Sacrament, got released through Unearthed Films, did some work on that, and did Anxiety and a few other films. But anyway, so yeah. So anyway, what's coming up on is uh, this will be 15 years now for Desperate Visions Productions, so... Uh, yeah, happy about saying that. Uh, I took off, I think, I didn't make any films between uh, 2018 and 2020. Obviously, 2020 was the pandemic, but uh started back up again in 2021 and now releasing films in 2022. So, yeah, kind of off there for uh, 18, 19, about three years or so. So, anyway, give it a take. So, but back on track. So, yeah, 15 years and uh, let's see if I can do another 15 more. We'll see be an old man by that time but hey Doris Wishman and Russ Meyer and Ted V. Michaels and all those guys kept putting out movies even though John Waters stopped they still did and of course the win we're here for Mr. Jess Franco he put out films all the way until his dying days so I always gotta be like Jess you know what would Jess do what would Jesus do Jesus would say Jason talk about this next film so I will this is film number 103 Uh, which is on episode 103. We're still in the sink right now. And this film is Lake of the Virgins. Definitely not Camp Crystal Lake. Uh, This is a Spanish 1981 production. So the Spanish theatrical title is El Lago de la Virgenes. And the alternative title is um, La Isla de la Virgenes, the Isle other virgins instead of the lake uh what else we got here production company triton pc out of madrid we've used them before uh and this is cg films aka c-e-g-e siege films s-a out of madrid uh theatrical distributor cg films aka siege films s-a spain all right circuit shooting date on this is oh yeah before we go any further of course all uh, information on this film and other films um, that we report on is from the book this one volume two of the delirious cinema of Jesus Franco flowers of perversion by Stephen Thrower all right back to the facts Jack shooting date on this uh, Lake of Virgins is circa si- summer summer of 81 that's a good summer summer lover all right uh, mentioned so actually on a side note, nineteen eighty one is like my favorite film year, uh, probably because it was a big year for me as a kid seeing films. So yeah, I always like eighty one. Uh, this was mentioned in the Spanish press of September twenty second, eighty one, and Spanish approval date October sixth, nineteen eighty one. Uh, Seville played as uh, Lake of the Virgins March nineteenth of eighty two. Then played Barcelona as the same title, El Lago, 
I did Evagenis, uh June 18th of 84, two years later. And uh, then played Madrid, finally, the same, February 20th, 87, like three years later. So, yeah, actually five years after Seville. So, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I came out in Seville in 82 and played all the way to 87 later on. Um, okay. Theatrical running time, unknown. Because, uh, anyway, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, video running time, converted. Spanish, the Borono video, PAL VHS edition, is 88 minutes, 22 seconds. Director of this, well, who do you know? Who do you guess? Why we're here. Jess Franco. Uh, based on the novel La Isla, not La Isla Bonita by Madonna, but La Isla by Robert Louis Stevenson, of course, Mr. Treasure Island, among other f- novels. Uh, adaptation by Jess Franco and the star. It says, uh, credits say David Kuhn and Jess Franco, although David Kuhn is a pseudonym for Jess Franco. Of course, we know that. And I know that because I used uh, David Kuhn, K-H-U-N-E, in my latest film, Lady Hyde. Uh, he gets a, reading, a writing credit even though he's been dead many, many years. Uh, let's see. Okay, what else we got here? Um, producer, uh, Joaquin Dominguez Riesco. Director of photography, Juan Solar Cozar. Camera assistant, Angel Oroteus as Angel Oranales. Stills photographer, Juan Pina. Uh, let's see, makeup, Nicole Gutierrez, that's cool, uh, his uh, ex-stepdaughter. Uh, assistant director, Lena Romay, as Joan Amaril, again, that's cool, she's doing the assistant under that name once again. She's done it for the last few films. Uh, assistant producer, assistant pr- assistant production, and that's interesting. Uh, Joaquina Dominguez, Jr., editor, Lena Romay, as Rosa Amaril. So she's listed as Joan Amaril as the assistant director and Rosa Almaril as the editor. Interesting, she edits this. So I'm going to watch this later to see. I'm curious her editing style. Um, unless it was Jess that did it, gave her the credit, or if she actually really did edit it, I can watch it and tell you. Uh, music, Daniel White as Pablo Vila. Yay. Uh, Lab, Madrid Films. Uh, title story films. Let me take my glasses off here. I can see a little better. It's a really small print. All right. Um, title story films. Sound recording. Um, okay, uncredited camera operator Jess Franco. Good. Which means he knocked this out pretty quick. All right, cast on this film. Joaquin Navarro plays Chano. Um, Spanish calls Navarro's character Nacho. But yeah, he's Chano which is almost the same letters, but just switched around. Uh, let's see. Eduardo Fejardo plays Sebastian, Chano's grandfather. Antonio de Cabo plays Sordo, a one-eyed tavern regular. Lola Gassos plays Veja, a witch. Bina Fiedler plays Rosa, the barmaid slash brothel madam. The lovely Katja Binart returns. She was in, uh, of course, Erotismo, and she was in, um, oh, was that one we just watched? Uh, not Pick Up Girls, but, um, oh, uh, Linda, Linda, she's in that. And so anyway, so yeah, she returns here for like her third or fourth Franco film as uh, Paula. And we have Teodora Segura as Doris Regina, Flora, and Paula Matos as Legia, 
Angel Ordales as Barbus, a fisherman. And finally, Joan Almerell, which is interesting because it's only one L. And I wonder if it's um, Lena. But here it says Joan Amaral, the real Joan Amaral, and she plays Doctor. All right. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read the synopsis on this, which I usually don't do. But uh, it's very little writing on this film. And we'll go as we go through. Synopsis. Sebastian, an old fisherman, lives in a rundown shack near the beach with his teenage grandson, Chano, and spends most of his time at a seafront bar called Mama Rosas. One day, Sebastian and Chano visit a mysterious island looking for a treasure trove where sailors tell that sailors tell was once buried there. Chano, who is shy and sexually inexperienced, encounters a trio of beautiful young women who flirt with him and entice him into a magic lake. He becomes besotten by one girl, Paula in particular. When their tryst is interrupted by Sebastian, Paula runs off into the woods. The two men return home empty-handed, and Chano starts having nightmares about the girl. Sebastian takes the young man to Mama Rosa's and arranges for Rosa to take the lad's cherry. However, Chano is still obsessed with the mysterious Paula and returns to the island. Once again encountering the three girls, he's taken to a cave where an old witch tells him their story. They're all the descendants of a woman raped by the pirates. Chano is persuaded to impregnate the three girls so that their lineage may continue. However, Rosa and her lackey, Sordo, arrive in search of the fabled treasure. The girls use magic to repel the unwelcome visitors, after which Chano returns to his grandfather. A final magic spells by the girls change Sebastian and Chano's fortunes. Alright, uh, let's see. Production notes. As usual, for... Sorry, dumb cord here. As usual for a Franco film, the tiny budget on El Lago de la Virgenes meant that everyone had to chip in when problems arose. With no unions to worry about and a general sense of all for one and one for all, the cast and crew would improvise solutions as the need arose. Some situations were more challenging than others. One particular scene called for Bea Fiedler playing greedy brothel Madame Rosa to shoot Sordo, played by Franco's friend from the Lisbon Theater, Antonio de Cabo. Coming up with non-lethal bullet squib effects on a Jess Franco budget can be a hair-raising experience, as Juan Solar recalls. Since there was no one doing special effects, Angel Oradales and I prepared a bullet cartridge to make the shot. We removed the bullet from the cartridge, we removed some powder, and added flour instead. We then sealed the mouth of the cartridge with candle wax. The result was gaudy, and the wax pierced the shirt of Antonio de Cabo and made a small wound with blood and everything. The worst was the thing was the scare he got. Of course he never knew why it happened. Uh, review. Though tamed by Franco's usual standards, El Lago de la Virginis is interesting because the central relationship in the film is a friendship between males, in this case between a grandfather and his grandson, the first time since uh, Captain de Quanza de Anos in 1972 that such a relationship has played a significant part in a Franco story. Both are allegedly based on classic literary source. In the earlier films, Jules Verne's novel, Un Captain de Quinze Ans. Here, it's Robert Louis Stevens' short story, The Isle of Voices, or, as the credits have it, The Island, although, frankly, the connection between El Lago de la Virgenes and the Stevenson tale is about as close as the link between Vampiros Lesbos and its supposed model Bram Stoker's Dracula's guest. 
Female lead Katja Beinert once again seduces the story with her extraordinary beauty as fans of her sleepy doe allure should note that she's topless most of the time. However, her role here is less perverse and submissive than her startling appearance in Eugenia, Historia de una Perversion. This time she's in control and the male is the quarry. The young hero is played by Joaquin Navarro, a very good-looking Latin actor who exudes youthful masculinity and a naive earnestness that makes him a fit match for Beinert. Franco, though generally disinterested in exploiting the attractiveness of his male cast, sensibly has Navarro stripped to the waist much of the time, a canny move that could have won the film more fans were it not for the antiquated story. Despite the superficial charm of the tale, the climax is something of a letdown when greedy bar owner Rosa tries to flee the island with stolen treasure. We see Flora rubbing her breasts before a magical icon as if summoning dark forces to prevent the thief's escape. Only for another of the girls to resort to rather more corporal techniques by grabbing the fleeing winch and wrestling her to the ground, which rather begs the conquest of why magic was used in the first place. The use of color filters to signify the supernatural is also a little heavy-handed, but the very fact that magic is involved at all is a welcome at a time when Franco was turning away from the fantastique. El Lago de la Virginis is worth seeing if you're tempted to take a rowboat to the less visited shores of the Franco archipelago. Its ecosystem could probably withstand a few more visitors and would make a pleasing DVD presentation one day. Yeah, the version I have is off of the uh, Spanish VHS and is Spanish only with no subtitles. So, And it's a really um, snowy-like subpar version. So hopefully one day this will get a Blu-ray or a decent DVD release for Blu-ray nowadays. But So, fingers crossed. All right, uh, cast and crew. Anyone having a, I'm sorry, anyone craving a clearer look at handsome Joaquin Navarro, given how atrociously blurry the only existing VHS, that's why I just said that, how atrociously blurry the only existing VHS of El Lago de Virgen is, should check out Bragas Calientes by Julio P. Perez Tibanero, in which the actor cavorts nude with a variety of women. Being a softcore escapade, it's dutifully evasive about male. Full frontal exposure, but nevertheless, it's worth a look. El Lago de la Virginis is greatly assisted by a warm, amusing performance from veteran Spanish actor Eduardo Fajardo as the grandfather. His impressive career took him through such marvels as Django, Murder Mansion, Knife of Ice, and Nightmare City, and would include some perhaps less stellar horror diversions such as Franco's La Tumba de los Muertos Viventes. Also startling good is Lola Gauss in an all-too-brief role as an old witch who helpfully explains the backstory. Like Fajardo, she's a long-serving veteran of Spanish cinema, uh, and in El Lago de la Virgin, she grips the eye with her intense presence, turning a deathbed entry into his mesmerizing highlight. Music. The opening credits are graced with a mournful yet bracing saxophone theme by Daniel White, a soon-to-be-familiar piece used here for the first time. See the credits for Sangre y Mrs. Zapatos. The rest of the score is drawn from previous Franco films. Locations. Shot mostly on the Canary Islands, although the seafront walls of Sintra, Portugal, are visible in one shot. 
connections. This is allegedly based on a novel called The Island by Robert Louis Stevenson, although no such novel exists. The plot is closest to Stevenson's short story The Isle of Voices, and definitely not Treasure Island, which it has zero connection. Even then, its similarities extend to 1. A Mysterious Island, 2. Magic Spells, and 3. Treasure. As a softcore sex film crossed with a romantic adventure story, A Lagos de la Virginis seems far more inspired by Randall Kleiser's smash hit teen adventure The Blue Lagoon, made in 1980 and released to Spain in March 81. However, Franco's version is a little more adult, depicting the young hero having his first sexual encounter with a prostitute and including a shot of Katja Bennert's pubic hair. Other, that's funny. Other versions. Uh, the, ver- the film was initially announced to the press as La, Is- La Isla de la Virginis. Virginis. And Prince were indeed struck with this title. However, the film was eventually released in 1982 as El Lago de la Virginis, possibly in order to avoid being confused with this similarly titled La Isla de la Virginis Ardentias. 1979, director Miguel Iglesias. All right, well, that's all they have written on this. Not a lot of um, text on this film, so we'll see how that goes. But anyway, so, yeah, that's uh, this film. So uh, I'm going to be watching that soon, either by myself or with a guest. So we will see and let you know about that. Uh, All right, let's see what we got to say here. Same old good old stuff. If you dig the show, please subscribe uh, to the episodes and download each episode because if you download it increases the numbers and if you subscribe it's there every wednesday morning in your mailbox ready for you to listen uh if you like it tell a friend let others know please uh it always has good uh business to have others know about it and to increase the listenership of it so please tell people about it uh if you dig the show you want to write to us or have any questions or want to be on the show or whatever uh, you can always write us at uh, FrancoObserver at Yahoo.com. That's FrancoObserver at Yahoo.com. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. we got a face and a Facebook page uh, under the Franco Observer Podcast. So, yeah, find us there, and we'll always have updated stuff, news about the show, episodes, other DVDs, and Franco information, and information about Desperate Visions and all that other uh, trials and tribulations in the life of its founder, uh, Jason Rudy, and any other new films I'm working on and all that good stuff. So, Alrighty, we'll hang out past the bumper and you'll hear the review of The Lake of Virgins. Sounds like a place that you might want to hang out for a while. Adios. Buenas noches, maha. Alright, welcome back to the Franco Observer Podcast. This is Jason Rudy, and you are listening to episode... What are we on now here? 103, film 103. Island, or Lake of Virgins. Lake of the Virgins. Here I have it as Island of the Virgin, Virgins, because the DVD I watched uh, is the Island of the Virgins. And uh, this is going to be a solo review because uh, this film's, I guess, kind of hard to get. I don't know, but now it's streaming and torrents and everything. I'm sure it's out there. I think, in fact, I'm sure that's where this place got it from. The copy I viewed was uh, interesting because uh, 
it was really bad actually it was really snowy and was a bad so it was funny you could tell it was first sourced from a um, probably 16 millimeter print because it had the end um, the end um, not leader tape but end tape of the of the film and it had all the written stuff and then uh numbers of the catalog I guess it was and then it had um, the Kodak color uh, source which I took pictures of and uh, Finn uh, Kodak Eastman color their their little color test at the end but so it was originally a VHS sourced from a 16 millimeter print but of course the VHS whoever did whoever had the VHS tape it was so snowy and went black and white in sections and you could tell that the tape was eaten th- through the VCR and I watched it on a DV- DVD-R. So I basically watched a DVD-R copy sourced from a internet transfer of a VHS rip from a 16mm source. <laughs> I know, so funny. So hopefully... Um, this comes out on Blu-ray through Severin or Mondo Macabro or Vinegar Syndrome or uh, Kino Colt or you know somebody that uh, wants to put out more Franco films because his films sell. So yeah, this is uh, so like I said, 103, uh, The Island of the Virgins, and this copy, like I said, I watched um, is from TrashPalace.com is where I got this copy from, and uh, it's a uh, they have it here as. Uh, Please note the quality of this title is much lower than what we usually offer. Yeah, I hope so, because, yeah, it was uh, interesting because there's parts where it's, the color was different. There's was oranges over the whole scene. I don't know if it was colored that way on purpose or if it was just the VHS transfer. Same with the blues over the sky and everything. So, I don't know, it was very interesting. I, I would like to see a clear copy of this film because I'm sure it would enhance uh, my opinion of it. Although, I in short, I did. I did, I did like it. Uh, it's not one of my favorites, uh, but it's not bad either. It's there's enough good stuff going for it to actually warrant a viewing. But it's not something that I'm going to go back and visit again and again, unless there's a better copy that comes out. Uh, but yeah. So let me see. Let me give you a little bit of a synopsis from. What if the synopsises are the same? No. Okay. So. I'm going to give you the synopsis first from Trash Palace and then give you the synopsis for Flowers of Perversion from Stephen Thrower and I'll go through my notes and uh, kind of comment on those things. Um, So yeah, so on the back of this DVD it says uh, La Isla de la Virgins uh, a.k.a. Lago de la Virgines The Lake of the Virgins Oh yeah, by the way, this was a Spanish language with no subtitles, so that's another thing I'd like to be able to understand it a little more. My knowledge of uh, Spanish is remedial. I know certain things, uh, phrases, certain words, uh, basic, basic, basics, but uh, yeah, I understood maybe like, maybe 20% of it, what was going on, so anyway, um, or more, but yeah, it would still help to have subtitles at least so yeah this was spanish language with no subtitles and i would say visual quality from an a to an f like a d maybe a d minus but probably about a d maybe d plus in certain areas but yeah 
So, but the film was good. Alrighty, so their synopsis is because uh, I'll show you how wrong it is. A sailor and a young seamate. Okay, well, first of all, it's a grandfather and his grandson, but a sailor and his young seamate sail to an uncharted island and discover a cave with a lost treasure. The young lad, however, is more interested in the mysterious, beautiful young women that inhabit the island. He falls for one young girl, Paula, played by Franco favorite Katja Bennert. That's true. Uh, but must return home with the loot before he can ditch the old sea captain and return to the young girl. Once back, however, things become treacherous for the two as an unscrupulous bar owner and his in-house whore make plans to nab the loot for themselves. Them, themselves, at any cost, misspelling. Uh, based on a story by Robert Louis Stevenson, with exclamation mark, which is kind of not true. They keep claiming that, but it's just, there's a couple concepts that Robert Louis Stevenson is very loosely based. Um, and it's not Treasure Island either. Uh, also storing our uh, Antonio DiCabo, which is actually one of my favorite Franco actors. Uh, Eduardo Fajardo and Bia Fiedler. Bia Fiedler is good. Uh, please note the quality of this title is much lower than what we normally offer. I'm sorry, usually offer. So, yeah. But it's good. It's good to have a physical copy. It's probably the same one that's out there uh, floating around because what I, I think Stephen Thrower commented on the quality. I think that's probably the copy he had seen as well. All right, so the synopsis. Um, okay, so let me go over the cast and everything a little bit. Um, Joaquin Navarro is Chano. Uh, and... Uh, Let's see, what is this? why is that double starred? Oh, the character's Spanish looking called Nacho. Yeah, but anyway, Chano, he's good. Uh, it's funny. Um, Franco shoots him like ninety percent of the time w- without a shirt on, so it's funny that he really uses up his uh, sex appeal. And uh, there's a nice shot of him with uh, I think it's a Wrangler jeans or whatever because you see the big patch on the back. And um, I had made a remark before, like oh, and Linda a couple of films back, which was. Uh, see film 101 so yeah two films back there was a bunch of shots with the jeans and we were laughing wondering if there was a a thing about jeans and frank on that time period um or, or saddle no it was saddle mania that's what it was he was really focused on the jeans on that film all different kinds of uh brands of jeans and styles of jeans but in this he focuses on the guy's uh patch when he's with the girl it's funny anyway um and Eduardo Ferrara as Sebastian Chano's grandfather, he's good. Um, plays him a little bit over the top, you know, and oh, mucho borracho, and he's drinking and always having being drunk and stuff. But uh, it's funny at times, and there's probably at least six, seven times throughout the movie I was watching it, he resembles Boris Karloff at times, like later Boris Karloff when he was doing like, uh, uh, like say the Jack Hill, maybe maybe before the Jack Hill stuff, maybe like. Uh, Maybe late fifties, Boris Karloff, early sixties. But yeah, it was it was uh, good, good, good stuff. So I, I liked him. Um, Antonio Cabo, of course, is awesome. Uh, I'll, I'll just say it now. Yeah, there's always an evil couple that I've noticed in Franco films, and that will almost be like something I might add to the checklist. But I don't know. It's I don't want to break down everything, but yeah, this this period definitely there's always the evil couple, man and woman. They're usually like the coolest visual people in the film and definitely it is with him him and uh, Bia Fiedler as 
Rosa. So yeah, he's basically um, Sordo. He's a one-eyed tavern regular, and he hangs out with Bia Fiedler as Rosa, the barmaid brothel madam. Brothel madam. I don't know about brothel. Well, just her having sex. I don't, don't think he had sex with other people. Or, I mean, other women. But yeah, so it's funny. Um, I don't know if she's really a brothel, but um, more of a prostitute. But anyway, so um, yeah, um, so she's really cool. She wears a, a leopard leotard, like from Linda as well. And uh, I noticed that he's probably the same one that because I was watching it and looking at pictures. And then there's a trailer for Linda as well on the disc I watched, and you can see he's reusing. That's another piece of of outfit of costume that he reuses from another film, and that was just uh, two films back, and it might even be in Buddy Moon. I'm not sure. Or actually, uh, no pick up. yeah, yeah, two films back is right for Pickup Girls. Um, so yeah, so she's wearing the leopard leotard with the gold belt, which is really cool. But uh, yeah, so they're the cool couple, and they have a scene where they go out to the uh, speedboat, which is really cool. He's got his eye patch on, and he's dressed like the great white hunter, almost like from Devil Hunter as well. He's got the white shirt, white pants, and he's got the rifle, and he's got an eye patch, kind of looking like Samuel Fuller. And uh, Bia Feeler's wearing her uh, leopard leotard, gold belt, and this cool, like, 50s sunglasses, and her hair's all up, and she looks really awesome. Almost like a John Waters type shot. It's pretty funny. Uh, let's see. And you have uh, Katja Benyard, of course, returning. It's, uh, like her third or fourth film now. Uh, she's really beautiful as this is Paula, the one that he falls in love with. And, uh, Definitely uh, very, very beautiful. She's the image that they based the film off of, which is funny because this is, um, let's see, 1981. So we filmed in 81, came out in 81, 82. So, yeah, so they're talking about how Blue Lagoon came out before this. You could tell, like, she's the one he's kind of, like, thinking is his Brooke Shields or his, um, like, Summer Lovers, uh, Daryl Hannah or somebody like that. Like, she's the, or Phoebe Cates type, you know, she's, she's the she's the face that, the guy is going to go crazy for, her. but yeah, and, and gals, but uh, yeah, she's definitely the uh, the main knockout in the in the film, um, and she she's she's really good in this, her face and seeing where they're eating fruit. Anyway, I'll, I'll go over the notes later. Um, Tidor Segura as Doris Regina as Flora. Yeah, she was just in. Um, where is that? Her got you better. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Tudor Segura as uh, Flora, the other second one. She was just in uh, uh, The Pickup Girls. She was uh, Lena's sidekick uh, in the film, so it's cool to see her again. Um, she's one of the island girls along with uh, Katja Benner. And then the third one is uh, Paula Matos as Legia. And then there's the old witch that dies earlier, uh, Lola Gauss. She's really good. Uh, Veja. Should be Rojo, but yeah, Veja, witch. And... Uh, no, actually, no, that would be, uh... So, okay, sorry, I was, I was off there. I was silly. Um, so, uh, Angel Rote, uh, the fisherman, and a doctor. Yeah, just a silly part. So, anyway, um, let me go over the, um, La, La Bruja's witch, but, yeah, not Veja. I was thinking of something else. Not Rojo. It's, yeah, Bruja. Uh, okay, so, synopsis actually a little closer. Um, Sebastian, an old fisherman, lives in a rundown shack near the beach with his teenage grandson, Chano, and spends most of his time at a seafront bar called Mama Rosa's. 
Okay, so now I'll stop there and go to my notes. Yeah, it's funny. So it's like, it's interesting because the grandfather and the kid live in the shack and there's a scene later where the kid's like having a dream after he gets back from the island and he's like sleeping naked with his grandpa like in the same room. It's like, I know they're both men and stuff, but it's still kind of like, I don't know, kind of weird. I guess it's my own upbringing, but I don't know. I, just, I would never sleep naked in the same room with grandpa. Well, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so, but no, the, uh, so yeah, it was really miscolored. Um, I liked it in the first 60 seconds. Oh yeah, the film, it doesn't even go into this. The film opens up really cool. It opens up with uh, sea right away. You see the water, the oceans. That's, of course, right off the checklist right away. Um, what is that, number one? Yeah, number one, body of water. So yeah, you see that number one right off the bat. And then you see the three naked women up on the rocks in the water. It's a very haunting image. And you could tell that they're like the sea sirens or the witches, or the spirits of the island, or the uh, the jungle women, or you don't know who they are, but you just see their three naked, beautiful women up on the rocks, and they're kind of the part of the area, part of the landscape. And uh, then you go back to the sea, so then uh, with all the credits and everything. So, but yeah, so then you see the old man and this and that. But uh, yeah, it was a really nice, cool opening scene. Of course, you get your nudity right off the bat, right out of the way, like sixty seconds in. Uh, very cool music in the opening scene. Um, his use of music is really good in this. I mean, it's basically wallpapered with music from beginning to end. But uh, some of the music really worked beautifully. Uh, there's some, like, Gagorian chant-type stuff after the uh, the eye patch and his gal dies, uh, which is kind of cool, and there's some really good stuff. But there's other stuff like some of the saxophone stuff I didn't think really worked, but he, he just kind of threw everything together and threw it in. But... I'd say most of the f- music worked more than what didn't work, but a few a few tracks I would have changed or taken out or something. I don't know. It's okay just to let scenes play without music sometimes. Um, but yeah, the version I seen had like an orange tint and it went to green tint, and uh, that's one thing I caught. Um, uh, okay, so yeah, that's good. So we're there at that. So the Mama Roses. One day Sebastian and Chano visit a mysterious island looking for treasure trove the sailors tell them was once buried there. Chano, who is very shy and sexually inexperienced, encounters a trio of beautiful women who flirt with him and entice him into a magic lake. He becomes besotten by one girl, Paula, in particular. When their tryst is interrupted by his grandfather, Sebastian, Paula runs off into the woods. The two men return home empty-handed, and Chano starts having nightmares about the girls. Yeah, that's the scene, but we'll get to that part in a second. Um... So yeah, the old man, they, they find the gold coins, and, and uh, I had a beautiful location on the island. It was really, really good. Uh, John was lured by the girls, and they were laughing. So a lot of cool voiceover stuff with the uh, different girls' voices laughing and calling his name, Chano, Chano, <laughs> The jungle was very cool with the music in there, and it's very almost like they were... Uh, like ghosts or sea sirens, or they were. He wasn't sure if they were going to kill him or, or eat him or what they were going to do, or if they were friendly or not friendly or what. So it, it was a good, um, a good tension scene, definitely built through. Um, uh, his zooming in and out of that was not too bad. We went through. That's the most parts of the film where he zooms in and out of this sequence. Um, kind of remind me of like a nature nudist film because of the just the naked women walking through the forest. The three of them with the shells around their neck and and the kind of there's the freedom and the, the everything the the location and the women and everything playing together kind of had that uh, nature nudist colony look it was really nice um, 
And uh, let's see what we got here. Is that the? Th- oh yeah. So the so the three women they live in this cool cave uh, that has like this beautiful like um, beautiful rug down, and they have all this treasure and and gold and 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 uh, champagne bottles that I guess from ships that had, I imagine it's from ships that crashed that they recovered the treasure from is what I would guess. Um, just reading into it, you know, it's probably different sailors and they just collected it through time and they're probably immortal is what you would kind of guess or they just or they're the daughters or whatever but you'll see what happens later uh so yeah they have these beautiful goblets and treasure and this and that and stuff so um oh and it's funny too so okay so then the kid like we said he has nightmares about the women so he gets in the lake with the girl and he's about to kiss her and the grandfather calls out and uh or they run up and they have get ready to kiss and the grandfather calls out and the girl flees and then he interrupts the kid. The kid has like blue balls, basically really bad. And then he goes back to the home, and he's all sad and this and that and stuff. And he sleeps, and he's tossing and turning. And then he basically had and he's all these shots of him in the water and the girls' voices, and it's a really cool sequence. He does like a cool nightmare sequence. You see the close up with the boy's eyeballs, and it's a whole building of sequence and shots, and and it's uh, very very well done with music and very nightmarish. And the kid wakes up with like a. Uh, eternal luck missions he basically had a wet dream and the grandfather laughs but i was thinking right at that part i was like oh interesting so basically and then the, the kid has to go back to the island to try to like find the girl to get laid basically um because but instead the grandfather takes him to uh, the prostitute lady in the leopard skin uh earned leopard print leotard to try to fix him quote unquote you know but he wants to get back to have sex with the finally have sex with the girl on the island and I was thinking well it was interesting because this film is basically about the kid wanting to go back to the woman and have sex so he finally gets laid and and, and is happy in the last film uh, Pickup Girls um, also known as the girl in the transparent panties or girl in the visible panties um, it was all about her getting those piece, where, where many pieces was four or five pieces of the picture and her penis back in order to show the guy and so they're comfortable so she can finally have sex and be comfortable with it so basically that last film was about her getting everything together so she could have sex with the person she wants to have sex with finally and that was the same as this film was basically that kid wanting to get back and go through all this stuff so he can have sex with the girl again so I thought it was very funny that they had kind of similar themes even though they're totally different films um, so yeah it's all about getting laid I guess <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was the, uh, the last film was her penis and her mental things against the the boy and the spirit girl. So I guess their problems are equal or, um, greater or equal than the same of both parts. So yeah, I thought the nightmare sequence was really good. Um, and it's funny too, because the old man gets the coins and he goes to the island and gets the coins. He's just happy to have this box of coins where it makes him rich but not obscenely rich he could keep going back forth back forth but he doesn't he goes once or whatever and doesn't get anything but he has just enough to make him happy to take from the island of beautiful women it's almost like just franco he makes just enough from the films to keep going but he doesn't retire and and keep going off the wealth he just keeps going back and do a little bit going back do a little bit so i figured that just franco was probably like the old man in this movie like his spirit or or what he identified with as the filmmaker um what else we have? Uh, yeah, I put the lady had the same leopard print leotard from Linda, uh, the film Linda. Um, oh, yeah, that was funny. Okay, so we'll go back to another synopsis. 
Um, so, uh, the two men return in Hannah. Chano starts having nightmares about the girls. Sebastian, the grandfather, takes the young man to Mama Rosa's and arranges for Rosa to take the lad's cherry. However, Chano is still obsessed with the mysterious Paula and returns to the island. Yeah, so he takes the grandson to the bar to have sex and takes out the gold coins, which is stupid because then it shows to all these people around him on this little island, and he's an old, weak man that... Now he has money and gold coins, so you know he's going to get robbed eventually, which is like uh, Treasure Sierra Madre or something, or some of these old movies where uh try to rob each other for the treasure. So, But yeah, so he shows the girl, gives her one gold coin, and then she goes into the room to have sex, and she likes the boy. She tells he's a big, handsome lad with the shirt off or whatever. She, The grandfather dressed him up in a hat and, and, and button-up shirt and everything. But uh, she has sex with a kid and all these different positions, like eight or nine positions, and it's done somewhat good and then more comical style and it keeps cutting forth back and forth to him not getting hard and then her commanding him and saying oi 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 and stuff and then people at the bar could hear it because they're just in the next room over and the grandfather is like showing shame and sadness and all the bar guys are drinking laughing and and making fun of them and then finally when he starts getting aroused and finally bringing her to joys of orgasm uh, the grandfather becomes happy and he starts cheering on and, and the other like, big guys in the bar became happy and they're all like cheering on this boy like alright he's now a man and they're all dr- having drinks and stuff it's very funny and stupid and then finally when the boy I guess when the, I guess they have mutual orgasm or she comes or something but uh, she has a scene where she does like a cross-eyed thing to the camera she looks at the camera and crosses her eyes really comical and makes a funny goofy smile and stuff so it's funny um so, uh, oh, and then it cuts from them to, like, basically him helping his grandson out to have sex with a lady. And then it cuts to, after that sex scene, cuts to the old man watering his plants. And he's talking to his plants. Like, those are his kids as well. So he, he like, took care of one problem. Now he's feeding the next thing. He's feeding the next, his next kids. is watering his plants, taking care of things that are important to him, which is funny. I thought, oh, that's a nice, a nice cut, nice transition shot. I uh, always appreciate that very artful thing there. Uh, what else we got here? Um, oh, yeah, and then there's a scene where these boats are coming in, and you can tell it's just Franco's voice on one of the speakers of the boat, and that's about 41 minutes, 30 seconds in, somewhere around there. Um, oh, and then the scene where the kid goes back to the island, which we hear in the synopsis, and uh, he finally gets down with Paula, and you see the cl- Franco zooms in on the guy's butt, and he's got the uh, Wrangler patch on it and I said oh I bet you uh, Wrangler butts drives Franco nuts <laughs> but uh, so that was there and there's a scene where him and her eat fruit and it's kind of cute and funny very playful like a um, lady in the t- tramp they're eating like uh, papaya or something and she keeps like digging her face into it and looking up at them and eating it very seductively and letting it run out of her mouth and everything uh, let's see what else we got here yeah, a lot of blues in this. I uh, kind of caught the Summer Lovers and Blue Lagoon, which I've mentioned before. Um, there's a ceremony. Okay, let's get to this part now. So back to the synopsis. Um, however, Chano is still obsessed with the mysterious Paul and returns to the island. Once again, encountering the three girls, he's taken to a cave where an old witch tells him their story. They're all the descendants of a woman raped by uh, pirates. That's why the treasure is there. Okay, see, now, without knowing what the film, with this uh, 
the translation reading like this helps. So yes, that's why they had all the treasures, I guess, because the woman that they were all descendants of a woman that was raped by pirates, and uh, she had the kids there, I guess, in the cave. So uh, Chana was persuaded to impregnate the three girls so that their lineage may continue. However, Rosa and her lackey Sordo arrive in search of the fabled treasure. The girls use magic to repel the unwelcome visitors, after which Chano returns to his grandfather. A final magic spell by the girls changes Sebastian and Chano's fortunes. So yeah, so all that happens, and then they go back to the there, and uh, he goes to sleep sad and wakes up, and they have a beautiful um, treasure sitting on their chair um, at their house, but after the kid had impregnated all three girls, which is pretty funny. So, yeah, so I said, basically, it's funny because the kid goes back to the cave after having sex with Paula, and he sees all the treasure in the cave, and he's so happy, but he has, like, three beautiful naked women that all want him to have sex with them. And it's funny, instead of the treasure in front of him, the real treasures, these three beautiful women that are just ready to be with him for what, forever, it seems like. Um, but, yeah, so I, that's why I put the real treasures as women, not the damn gob- goblets and coins and trinkets in front of them. But, uh, yeah, so you have the, it's cool, too, when he's there and he's kind of looking for his grandpa. He's cuts the shots of him with binoculars and looking one way and it's colored a different way. And then you see the old man looking at the sea and kind of thinking, cut back and forth, back and forth. And it's two different colors. And it's a nice scene where you can see they're thinking of each other. And, and uh, it's a nice, nice shot. Uh, then we have, yeah, the evil couple that'll hit the island, which he had heard there. And uh, he's dressed like the great white hunter with his big old... Uh, uh, and then she's just like a fashion model with her leopard leotard. And uh, he's got the, uh, turned to Cabo, has got the uh, gun and the big patch on his eye. <clears throat> so, yeah, the magic they talk about is basically, the sp- it's basically her rubbing her boobs to the one of the gals, uh, the second one, the one that's in, in Pickup Girls. She's in the cave on her knees, or standing up, rubbing her boobs, thinking and focusing. And then she moves down and basically uh, pulls her hands between her legs and rubs and starts masturbating. And that's her spell, basically. And that spell causes, I don't know what, I guess, the other woman to become powerful when she fights the two guys. Or the guy and the woman. Because uh, I guess her spell makes the one woman greedy because the the Rosa takes the gun and shoots Antonio Cabo and kills him. And then the other with the gun. And then the other cave girl not paula but the third one uh the island girl she jumps on the woman rolls around and shoots her with the own gun so the one gun basically killed both people which i thought was a nice touch um so yeah the good magic fill uh two um fight scenes so yeah the same gun with after two deaths yeah by the same gun um and what else oh yeah so then we have the the fight scene I thought was really good with those two fighting around the girl with the teaback underwear or teaback kind of a uh, uh, leopard cloth whatever and fighting with the girl rolling around and it was kind of done campy style which was good kind of like writing my of uh, stuff that I like to film so it was very very funny uh, oh yeah and they had really cool music during the funeral mass type music and uh, finally um, the very end it was cool when they showed that treasure then this cool music and then you almost heard like parrot sounds and I was going to mark that as it's parrot in the film but you almost heard during this like weird music right at the end where everybody's laughing and the treasure and stuff so I don't know if it was like the pre- the parrot had to do with the the pirates that the treasure is from and maybe the parrot from the pirate I don't know it just kind of like 
and also too Franco wanted to get his parrot little deal in, so it was funny. Um, but yeah, no, I I enjoyed this film. You can kind of tell what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be like this kind of magical, which is cool. Like Thor talked about as well. The, the magical aspect of it was good. I like the kind of the pirates and the three women. Kind of reminded me of um, what was it? Jean Roland's The Demons or whatever. Um, let's see. Uh, not demoniacs. Uh, or maybe it was demoniacs. Where basically the women are on the island and they're guarding the treasure and whoever comes on, the women seduce the guys and kill them and they're guarding the treasure and they were basically pirates and you learn their history and everything. It's kind of similar to that, you know. But uh, yeah, definitely not based off Robert Louis Stevenson. That's funny, even though it claims that. It's like the Edgar Allan Poe stuff or H.P. Lovecraft films. It's kind of funny. All right, and we hit the Franco list here. Uh, number one, Body of Water. Yes, definitely. Number two, sailboats. Yeah, there's sailboats in here. Uh, one part, mostly regular boats without sails. Only I've seen sailboats couple, once or twice when there's like a big scene of a bunch of boats that you see. You see like one or two sailboats. But there's motorboats here and rowboats, definitely. So two and three. Uh, number four, palm trees. Yeah, there's palm trees on the island. Number five, jungle sound effects. Yeah, there is kind of toward the end, actually. You'd think there'd be more, but uh, you heard some jungle sound effects later on, later on when they start investigating the island. Number six, chained up person. Uh, no, actually, nobody's chained up in this. Um, seven, dance scenes on stage stripping. Another no on this. Uh, there's really no. There's a bar, and you see a woman playing guitar. And well, actually, here's this. What I was gonna say. Okay, never mind. So mine. This is a partial. So, so basically, instead of a strip scene. The bar is entertained by listening to the woman have sex with the virgin guy, Chano, which is their entertainment. Um, it's not really a strip scene, but I guess that was their entertainment. So I'll say that's no, but it's an honorable mention. Uh, number eight, club scenes, dancing, or a bar. Yeah, well, there's a scene of a guy talking to a woman's arm around. They're not really dancing, but there's the, the whole bar sequence, the tavern that uh, Mama Rosa's, which they talk about. Uh, number nine, jazz music. Yeah, there's a little bit, definitely. There's all kinds of music in this, but there's definitely jazz music in this. Ten, excessive zooms. Not excessive. Uh, some on the island, mostly. Zooming in and out, very slow and and not not crazy. Number eleven, out-of-focus shots. No, things look pretty good. Uh, the copy's really bad, so it's kind of hard to tell, but uh, yeah, I'd say it's very good on that. Number twelve, mirror shots. I was laughing. There's almost no mirror shots until one, finally, when uh, Antonio Cabo and uh, Rosa, uh, she after she robs the old man. Oh, yeah, that's scene I forgot. To, when the old man goes to the island, or they take him away, goes fishing, she investigates the house and steals the old man's coins because she knew he had all the coins because he had gold coins to pair with. So uh, you see her sitting at the uh, like a little uh, dresser, and there's like a big round mirror like in the dressing room, like probably the bar. And uh, there's a scene you see her in the mirror counting the coins and Antonio de Cabo's in the mirror in the background. So, yeah, it's like one mirror shot the whole film. Anyway, that's what I was going for. Thirteen, mind control theme. Well, yeah, the guy is controlled by the woman's, the, the three women ghosts, whatever, uh, the descendants of the island. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's controlled by that, I guess, because he has that nightmare sequence. But not a traditional mind control. But, yeah, I guess he is mind controlled by the, by the spirits of the island. Um, 14, magic tongue scenes. Well, no Lena, so really no magic tongue. Um, you have a lot of 
uh, Katja Bennett's beautiful face and lips and stuff, but yeah, no, no magic tongues in this. 15, uh, red light scenes. No, no red lights. 16, sheepskin rug or masturbation with a letter C item. Uh, nothing like that on this film. 17, mad scientist and servant. Uh, nothing like that. Although I might say instead of scenes where it's not mad scientist and servant, uh, is there evil male and female coupleness? Yeah, uh, there's, uh, Antonio DeCabo and uh, Rosa, those two characters. So that's the cool character in this. Um, 18, fish tank shots. No, no fish tank shots. Uh, 19, talking parrot. I talked about that little bit of a parrot sound at the very end of the film, but I don't know. Uh, 20, end credits, yes or no. It says Finn by the Kodak deal, but it's so minimal, and there's definitely no end credits. All the credits are at the front of the film. Um, Number 21, handwritten notes. There's kind of a burned... Uh, scroll that he reads but we don't see if it's handwritten but that's about it on that 22 spiral staircase nope no spiral staircases in this film 23 inept cops nope 24 belly chains nope 25 kinks um not really kinks in this film just about beautiful naked girls in the desert oh there's maybe the the two girl fighting could be the maybe the exotic girl fighting the you know i guess that thing naked girl wrestling or something might be the only one that comes out, and uh, yeah, that's about it. Uh, what else we got here? Um, also, to the kinks, uh, maybe having a virgin, the lady, the joy of taking the kids, vir- the the boys' virginity. I guess maybe I don't know. Uh, Twenty six great headboards, uh, negative. Twenty seven fear or desire? Oh, definitely desire. Um, the desire the gold of the island. The desire the treasure. The boy desires uh, the girl. And the women in having sex finally desire to finally not not be a virgin anymore and be a man. Uh, desire of the old man for the treasure. The desire of the other bar owners for the treasure and the gold. And uh, yeah, that's about it. It's all about that. Not really fear in this. Uh, 28, acoustic guitar player. Yeah, it's funny. You have guitar, acoustic guitar music and then you have two acoustic guitar players in this, which is funny. You have um, uh, Rosa playing the guitar at the bar for the men is part of the show and then my favorite was the grandfather playing the guitar and he plays it very obnoxiously and sings totally out of key and strums it and looks at the camera it's almost like Franco knowingly knowing okay well we're going to have acoustic guitar scene but instead of having a young man play it or, or somebody play it soulful I'm going to make this old man comically play it and make faces at the camera so it's almost a little nee 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 thing which is funny so yeah, definitely. And twenty nine, reading a book scene. Yeah, there's uh, uh, I think the in the old, in the cabin or in the the hut, and the old man or the boy. I think he's reading a book. And one of the beginnings when he leaves, because there's something that that he had read about or talked about. Or I think I'm not hundred percent sure, but I think there was that I kind of forgot to catch. But uh, so yeah, so that's the Franco list on that. All twenty nine items that I try to always catalog and uh, catch and all that stuff so yeah so i figured like i said i figured i'd watch this one myself because it was spanish language with no subtitles the copy's not very good so quality wise so i figured oh, that's one i'll just knock out do solo and uh, catch up on that before i start working again because i'm uh, now doing three part-time jobs and editing Emmanuel, and writing the next film, and uh, getting ready to do a special thing in October that I probably can't say yet, but I'll be appearing somewhere, so you'll see that. And uh, yeah, hopefully getting Emmanuel out before the end of the year, I think in November, so got a lot on my plate, so 
we'll see how that goes. But anyway, uh, yeah, so Island of the Virgins. Hopefully they'll put this out on Blu-ray. Uh, it's definitely fun to check out. Nothing too great. Uh, it's, you know, early 80s Franco doing the jungle thing again, like Cannibals, Devil Hunter, some of that stuff. Mixing it with the evil couple, and then mixing it with the magic and kind of the stuff of the island. So, yeah, it's very light. Something a quick little fun thing to film and something interesting to watch on a Sunday afternoon or something. Nothing too crazy. So, yeah, if it comes out, I'd say check it out. Uh, if you're a Franco completist, check it out. If you're a casual Franco fan, I wouldn't say to look for this film in this condition. I would wait to get a better copy to view it. So, anyway, that's my uh, 50 words or less or more on uh, The Island of the Virgins by Jess Franco. So, uh, buenas noches, maha, and have a good night.